When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sean, can you say peanut butter? Peanut butter. You're getting a little pop. little pop. I need you to be across the mic like Edwin. Okay. Peanut butter. No. Peanut look butter. At, look at how Edwin's is. Yes. Peanut butter. Like pe- say peanut butter pretzels. Peanut butter pretzels. Like, I want I want peanut butter pretzels on the first day of August. Say I'll that. I'll take peanut butter pretzels on the first day of August. Out <laughs> <laughs> of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs or Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundamip. Then the people purchase paper, people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company show for fans of the office by fans of the office. I'm your host and sales rep for Dow Chemical, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, Beat Bandit. <laughs> and with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Everybody poops. <laughs> yes, I do. There's no other way to get rid of the food. Where's Dwight? Gone. Where'd he go? His day place? The office. What office? <laughs> Dude, there's just a little bit of worry in their voice when they're like, where's Dwight? <laughs> Gone. Where is he? <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week after we cover our main topic, uh, we'll go to the conference room for uh, some listener questions and comments. Uh, and uh, we'll finish up the show today with our Ordinary Things segment. Uh, but today's topic, Moe's Schrute. Uh, Moe's Schrute, I, I, this is typically where I do a long list of AKAs. Moe's doesn't really have any AKAs, but he does have many skills, such as ping pong, painting in the dark, trampoline, kidnapping, making platters of bacon, master of disguise, valeting, Car jumping, manure fighting, wrestling, and baiting. Dwight is a decent baiter. Master baiter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you got it there. Dwight is a decent baiter, but his cousin Moe's, now that's a master baiter. The uh, world Mose. shines on Moe's. <laughs> uh, uh, Moe's Schrute, played by the great Mike Schur. 
uh, a writer and producer on The Office, co-creator of Parks and Rec and uh, creator of uh, The Good Place. Um, just, uh, 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 I mean, just a fantastic. Uh, yeah, what, uh, a, what a cachet right there of yeah, the shows to be involved oh, yeah. with. Uh, he's fabulous. Um, and uh, but I, I did find a great uh, clip of uh, Mike talking about playing Moe's uh, on The Office. Uh, and uh, we'll listen to that real quick here. Writer on NBC's The Office mm-hmm. and played Dwight's cousin on the show as well. This is from uh, entertainment or people in entertainment. On or off. Whatever my favorite office moment is not on screen because playing Moe's Shrewd was a waking nightmare. <laughs> yes. It was, so why'd you decide to do it? I did not decide to do it. My boss, Greg Daniels, forced me to do it as a way to cause me pain. <laughs> and it was terrible. I had to wear a... The first time I did it, I had to wear a... I had to grow a real neck beard. Every time after that, he let me use a fake beard, which is maybe worse because those beards are terrible. Every episode we shot was in like August or September in the middle of like the Central Valley in California where it was like 130 degrees. I was wearing work boots and like wool clothes and I had to do stupid things and they would give me one line and then they would always say the same thing, which is like, I think it's funnier if he doesn't say anything and they would cut my line. It was brutal. That does sound awful. This is awful. <laughs> that idea of like, oh, it's funnier if he actually doesn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Been here all day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mike, why don't you like dress head to toe in wool and put on a fake neck beard and just stand in the background? <laughs> put a bag on, on your top head, of actually. your full time job writing and producing the show. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. So often when you hear these interviews, the actors are always just kind of like, Oh, you know, it was a joy to play whatever character. It's fun to hear like the background of what it's actually like to play that side <laughs> character, you know. <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, but yeah, guys, Moe's Shrewd. Uh, this this should be a fun episode. I know Moe's isn't in much of the show, mm-hmm. uh, but important nonetheless. But he makes he makes a big impact, whatever he is. <laughs> yeah, comedically at least. <laughs> yeah, he is he is the very uh, personification of of the less is more idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is probably why we like Nate so much, too, and some of those other tiny characters is they're just you don't get a lot. So the little bits you get are precious. You're always left wanting more. Just getting the scraps. I definitely uh, obviously I I loved Cousin Moe's before, but prepping for this episode, just a lot of moments that really made me laugh in a way that I had kind of forgotten about. I think um, Moe's is just such a funny character for comedic relief, and he brings so much weirdness into Dwight's story and background. Uh, he's kind of he comes he's like the personification of Shrewd Farms a little bit in that uh, mm-hmm. it's this background thing about Dwight that we never we don't often get to see. Most definitely. Yeah, he's he is the more Dwight version of Dwight. Um, and most of Moe's so often Moe's is portrayed off screen and uh, or at least he's not uh, featured in the episodes all the time. He's often uh, alluded to by Dwight in his stories around the office. I think the first actual mention and appearance of Moe's is in Office Olympics when Dwight right. says, I do own property. Uh, I own this beet farm and I run it with my cousin Moe's and he holds up that picture of the two of them together. Mm-hmm. I think there's another quote from Mike Sher where he talks about how he thought it would be a one-time thing in a photo and it ended up being an ongoing recurring part. <laughs> yeah, it's jump cut to 130 degrees yeah. Central Valley. <laughs> Fear on your shirt. Standing in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Moe's Mo's also is inspired by uh, a real person um, oh, yeah. from a, re- uh, a reality TV show called um, Amish. Uh, what is it? Amish in the City. That's right. We found this YouTube clip uh, that has a lot of uh, it's, it's not one episode. I think it's a bunch of clips from a bunch of different episodes that are all kind of stacked together. Um, but yeah, I guess why don't we play some of that now? My name is Mose. I am 24. I grew up on an Amish farm in Greenwood, Wisconsin. Where I grew up in, I was known for being the scholar type person. I taught school, invented things. This tractor is uh, one of my most precious inventions. He's I made it when I was tractor. It's not in fourth tractor. grade. I wasn't really given the option to go rumspringer like most of the young folks were. I was forced to be baptized when I turned 17. And after like three or four years of being a member of the church, I decided to take my own rumspringer. I'm getting ready to go to the big city. Never been to the beach. I've never been on an airplane. It's fascinating, right? I'm invested. (laughs) Wait, will you cut to that other moment that I uh, that I that I mentioned? So do you like like little puzzles or tricks? You don't like those? No. Not regular puzzles? No. You don't? Okay. I brought a bunch of those, so. <laughs> That's the moment. That was it. <laughs> I am an inventor, and I brought a whole bunch of toys that I invented into the house with me. <laughs> do you mind if we do this? Help me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He's so disappointed. <laughs> do you like, I like these as like little puzzles or little tricks. No. No. Hard no. It's, oh, yeah. oh, I brought a lot of those. <laughs> I I don't know if we'll include all of that, but maybe we will. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'm so I, yeah. I had never seen that before. That is like I didn't think I've, I've heard that it was based on that. I didn't think it was actually named Moe's. And like the way he looks at acts is pretty the way similar. that he That's... talks is pretty similar. Yeah, oh I remember God. watching that show when it was on TV. Oh uh, it was not not that I was super into it, but it was a memorable thing to watch. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. it is funny going going through and watching some more of that clip. Like, I don't think the character, like the personality of Cousin Mose is based on this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously the name and maybe a little bit of the like, um, like you said, the cadence of the voice or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is funny to see that there is like that it, that, that it, there was an inspiration uh, for Cousin Mo's. He's he's a character that like I, I compared him to Nate earlier, and there's just some characters that are you know they're in like you know maybe a dozen total episodes of the show, you know, and that if they're in an episode, they're maybe in it for one, maybe two scenes, but they're just kind of these pure comedy characters. Like there's nothing with with Nate with uh uh I, like even. Todd Packer might be on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and with um, Moe's, of course, like those three in particular, like yeah. they're, it's just, they're there to create pure comedy situations. And they're usually like, they're all such crazy personalities in their own way. And, uh, but, but Moe's is there to provide this whole other, like a, a snapshot in the DNA of Dwight. Um, and we always, we've talked like, why would Dwight, be so into working at an office if he was raised on a farm and i feel like they explore some of that dynamic by with mose like that's why mose is there definitely 
like maybe Dwight doesn't want to be at the farm or like farm life can lead to becoming Moe's and he doesn't want that. Well, <laughs> in, in, in early seasons of The Office, Dwight is so subservient to Michael. He's Michael's right hand man, like attending to his every sort of whim. And it's funny that Cousin Moe's is someone who like looks up to Dwight a little bit or that Dwight is clearly... Um, you know, the one in charge at Shrewd Farms. There's a quote from Zeke, uh, Dwight's uh, cousin in uh, in the farm. He says, growing up with Dwight and Mose was not easy. Dwight was obviously the cool one, and Mose was the visionary, which left me to be the comedian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny how it's like, yes, like we do see like Mose looking up to Dwight and Dwight kind of like knowing what's best for Mose, but there's also allusions to Mose being kind of a, a genius in, in their in their universe um and dwight looks up to mose in some ways as well could be i mean it, it, it sometimes it is sometimes it isn't but i i, I like what you said there edwin because it, it is like you see this in movies and other stories but someone who's like constantly being slightly pushed away like dwight is with michael mm -hmm. like he's always number two he's never the boss will take that take out that frustration and anger on someone in their own life or in their home life. And I feel like we see him doing that with Moe's a bit where it's like, well, at least I can control Moe's and tell him what to do. Like, like Dwight is the manager of Shroot Farms and and his number two is Moe's. And so he treats him like that. And then he takes that to the office and the dynamic shifts. And so he's Moe's is very important to Dwight in that way. Moe's is my cousin and he him. lives here. He will always be my best friend. Unless things go well with Ryan today, in which case I won't hang out with Mo so much anymore. <laughs> that's a funny part of initiation. I forget about where it's like that's the only time where like Dwight is trying to be friends with Ryan, mm -hmm. and then he seems to just bail on that. Well, later on when they're plotting against Jim, Dwight Dwight is always talking about how Ryan is late for their meetings, and <laughs> I'm not interested in anything. I have to make myself. Yeah, <laughs> you're 20 minutes late. Yeah, well. We Oh yeah, uh, it's gonna. Go ahead. I was just gonna play one more clip here. Uh, that's one of the most revealing things that we we get to find out about why Moses the way he is. I didn't see my father for the first two years <laughs> of my life. I thought my mother was my father, and my wet nurse was my mother. And that's a common mistake. Turned out fine for me, but Mose. Oh, same story, <laughs> different ending. <laughs> uh. Uh, and we know the the youngest raised the oldest mm -hmm. uh, in the Schrute family. We also know they're you know they're married in their own graves. Um, a lot of things that can mess with the kid's head <laughs> if you grow up on Schrute Farms. And, and Mose seems like he really took the brunt of it. So often when Mose is featured on camera, he's doing he's contributed some kind of mischief, like he's putting the raccoon in Meredith's car. Yeah. Or uh, put the manure down, Mose. Do not throw it. There's a lot of that uh, going on. And there's something really funny about whenever Dwight has to yell at Mose to, Mose. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep uh, where control. are the animals? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, he kidnaps Angela and like, yeah, he can be a, a, har a harbinger of chaos in, in a way. Mm -hmm. he's, he's that person in the movies that like Dwight, has Moe's do all the actual crimes yeah mm -hmm. so that if the police ever come it's like I didn't do any of that Moe's did all of that yeah. and like Moe's would get like three life sentences and Dwight couldn't actually be proven to have done anything like he makes Moe's do a lot of his dirty work mm -hmm. like uh painting in the dark for example <laughs> pa painting the, the daycare center. welcome children uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome children uh yeah he and he he has him do all sorts of weird chores around the farm uh and the 
few times we see him away from the farm, it's usually he's doing something Dwight clearly ordered him to do. Uh, whether he knows what he's doing or not. That that scene of him painting in the dark too makes me laugh because it's like, does Dwight introduce Moe's every single time? <laughs> like, I feel like he's always like, and you remember my cousin Moe's? <laughs> they had a pretty eventful stay at Shroot Farms. How could yeah. they ever forget? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is funny. That's that's true. There, You know, you mentioned Nate and I feel like uh, Nate and Moe's are very uh, analogous characters. And uh, yeah. I think it's funny. There's even in the episode where we meet Nate for the first time, it's Dwight picking up day laborers. And then the INS agent, Mo Schrute, drops them off in the middle of Harrisburg and tells right. him it's Canada. And in that moment, there's almost like a handoff between Mo's to Nate because Nate becomes Dwight's right-hand man around the office. Mm. And right. they use Mo's a little bit less in that, say, it, where if it weren't for Nate, you would expect Mo's to be around more to yeah. do these kinds of things. But I feel like when they do deploy Moe's, it's a little more strategic. Uh, it's a little more unexpected. Uh, and it also probably has to do with the fact that Mike Sherman might not have been available all the time to appear as an actor. Uh, or that they wanted to shoot at, sh- shoot at Shroot Farms. Shoot at Shroot. Yeah, uh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and actually, I like the comparison in 8-2 because like Nate we don't ever get a Moe's Michael moment, do we? I was going to bring that up. I was trying to think when, if they ever really interact. The only time that I can think of that they're actually on screen together is that Moe's is there with the raccoon putting it in Holly's car. But oh, yeah. it's not yeah, like yeah. they have a, they address each other in, in any way. So, um, yeah. For it, somebody who wears a fear on his shirt and is supposed to be the embodiment of fear, he does represent fight or flight. And most of the time, or all the time, it's flight. Moe's will just drop the cage and run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another time is uh, when uh, Moe's is applying for a job at uh, Dunder Mifflin with people. Uh, Dwight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Moe's, it says here that you're a sales rep for Dow Chemical. <laughs> you realize? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen you go to work. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, uh, he does it again. And he then, does it again when Angela uh, cuts him off uh, when he's dressed as Dwight yeah. in the Free Family Portrait <laughs> Studio. Another time, he just runs away. Operation yep. Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Where uh, he he gets yeah. out of no Moe's and she just starts hitting him. Where is he? Where is he? And he just runs away. <laughs> that's it's and, the, and we should talk about the way he runs. Yeah, because that's a very consistent part of Moses' character is this very stilted, stiff arms, really not moving much. But but what's incredible <laughs> like, is that's clearly heavy, heavy shoes. Yeah, that's, but that's how Dwight runs, right? I mean, that's how Dwight <laughs> runs in the uh, in the in Fun Run, I, I do believe. Um, so I don't know if I don't know who did it first, but uh, but uh, I appreciate that there is a shroot run. Mm. And I do like that physical side of getting to know, like you find stuff out about the Shroots based on just how they act, not necessarily even what they say. And this is to me, it's clear that it's clear that Moses' parents, whoever they are, decided, you know, Moses isn't a fighter and he shouldn't fight. He shouldn't put himself in tough situations. And like, let's just teach this boy to just run at the moment. Things he doesn't understand, just run away. You feel like the next step for Moses would be the strike scream run. As demonstrated by Creed. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think, too, that uh, in that moment in Free, Pam- Free Family Portrait Studio, uh, you can 
Ah, and free family portrait studio you, when they shoot the shroots. You, you get shroot shoots you the get shroots. A good encapsulation of what the Dwight Mo's dynamic is when Dwight picks up the phone and we don't know who's on the other end. And he says, "Operation Phoenix is a go. Just just get the car ready." <laughs> that Dwight has this big plan, but he still has to tell Mo's directly what to do. There's no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, in in Dwight K. Shroot, acting manager, of course. Yes. I'll never guess where I'm sitting. <laughs> uh, Apparently he learned how to use a telephone. Illusion to working point. girl, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think too, like whenever that Mose is the greeter when people come to Shrewd Farms is another important uh, part of his role. <laughs> Outrunning the car in money, in money, or as the valet yeah. in garden party. Or, uh, oh my god, this scene when he takes the keys from Toby, <laughs> and he—it's like Dwight has told him like this is your job you must do it and when toby puts a little resistance up he's like it's a little bit finicky (laughs) you have to give me your keys now give me your keys have fun at the puts the foot puts the foot on the car and pulls the door open and (laughs) wrestles it away from dwight hands him a little pebble and then just (laughs) drives his car straight into a corn it's the top of a chest of an acorn or (laughs) Or the the top of that yeah Yeah. that's right (laughs) amazing just following orders blindly well, and so often I think like Moses played for comedic effect, but only in a line from Dwight, where Dwight mm-hmm. says to D'Angelo, uh, "If I wanted to see a, pitch- a pissing contest, I'd lock Moses in the chicken coop." Or uh, <laughs> when, uh, when, uh, <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, or when Dwight says, "That baby is a shrewd," and unless someone taught Moses sex, that baby is mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> oh God. Oh my gosh! <laughs> who do you? Who is this? It's Mose. Who do you think? Jokes on you. Mose doesn't know how to use the phone. <laughs> a lot of that. A lot of that. You gotta. Uh, you gotta think. If Mose was born to a different family, in a different place, he would probably be in a lifetime of in and out of different uh, uh, outpatient programs for. <laughs> All sorts of different kinds of mental health treatment, but uh, not on Shroot Farms. He, they just never let him leave the farm. He's a visionary there. <laughs> There's a deleted scene from Michael where he says, in 27 culture, years you'd old. Be considered a promising up and comer. <laughs> yeah. There's a deleted scene in which Michael says, uh, 27 years old, never left the farm. He calls Moe's a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yep. Okay, weirdo. I wonder what he considers. The farm, if if uh, the office is the day place, you know, what does he call the farm? The world? Yeah. Day place, I think, a place for what, day. Uh, what do I think fish the far- call I think the right. water they swim in, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think I think to Mose, it's the world is the farm. Mm-hmm. And he has really little understanding of of everything else. Although only, although born only minutes from here, he speaks only German. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the episode in which we get the most Moe's content and the biggest understanding of Moe's life on the farm is, is, is in money. Definitely. Um, obviously as the attendant for Shrewd Farms, the B and B with Dwight as kind of the lead um, in charge of all the hospitality. Uh, Moe's mm-hmm. is there to get the bags. Moe's has stolen the wires. Moe's is mashing the beats. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a lot. Uh, we get a lot of him there. Uh, he's in the Jurassic Park shirt. Yeah, when he's yeah. huddled in the corner watching Pam and Jim get their bedtime story. <laughs> the way he's the way he's kind of shaking is just so funny in that moment. Yeah. There's a couple of deleted scenes from that uh, episode that I actually hadn't seen until just recently. Um, 
The first one being when uh, Mose brings them the platter of bacon, right? This is that's not that's mm-hmm. a deleted scene. I hadn't seen that before. Um, a mountain of bacon, <laughs> a lot of bacon. Um, and then also when uh, he's like performing <laughs> for them by doing like trampoline stunts, and Pam and Jim aren't watching. I I lot dude. It's just so great to see like a deleted scene that you've never seen before or mm-hmm. just any new office content that like actually makes mm-hmm. you laugh so hard. I laughed so hard when Dwight is like, <laughs> you guys really should be watching. He's working his ass off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even say it. I can't even because <laughs> he says it's so straight. Guys really should oh, be watching. You know what? Ass. That that idea you mentioned the mountain of ba- uh, of bacon on the platter. It's a yeah. very shrewd thing to display food, a single food arranged piled high on a platter. I'm thinking <laughs> of the Scranton area hot dogs from Scranton. Uh, yes. the mountain of bacon. Yeah, the hog mod. Yeah, There's a very right. uh, shrewd presentation uh, of just the gigantic platter of food. Qu- quantity over quality. Yeah, exactly. Shrewds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you what would you say is your favorite Moe's moment? Oh, I've got one. The one for me, it's uh when uh, every it's in the finale when they're all talking about the one the people they love, and then Moe's turns longingly to look at a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. It's a very cinematic moment mm-hmm. uh, for the mm-hmm. for the quote unquote documentary, but I, I love that. <laughs> My. I'd say my favorite for a while is that scene when, I mean, in Money, it's it's not even like Moe's says it. It's when Dwight, when Jim asks if Moe's has nightmares. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Ever since the storm. I don't know why. that That's always just killed me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many. Yeah. Or or what about like when Pam wakes up to the noise and looks out the window yeah, and yeah. just spotlight on. <laughs> yeah. What century is this? On Moe's in, in the outhouse the door um another favorite moment of mo's moment of mine is another deleted scene of um andy when andy and angela go to shroot farms to look at it as a wedding venue yeah andy is talking about how his uh his wedding is going to be better than two people from um broccoli rob or somebody like that yeah i think it's gay mike and broccoli rob or something mike and broccoli yeah 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 and uh, and behind him, Moses just got a bag on his head and goes, oh, yeah. "Mose," <laughs> he says his own and scares name. him, and then he runs away. <laughs> it is really good. In that same episode, he also hits Andy with that deflated like with the ball, the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think there's a blooper yeah. too of him walking and trying to give them a painting. Oh, oh really? sitting oh. in the yeah, it's either them or it's a it's a Jim and Pam thing, but <laughs> trying to give the visitors a painting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time he, he runs up next to Jim and Pam's car, the way they shoot that and how kind of quiet that scene is. And they're so perplexed as to what's going on. Uh, it's really well done. It's it's a great it's a great introduction to Moe's. It also just makes me think of that Mike Sure quote at the beginning of uh, the top that we played at the top that just makes yeah. you think, all right. All right, Mike, <laughs> outrun the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this take. We got to get it just right. So this might take about 10 yeah. takes. Or, I mean, when, uh, when at the end of Money, when Pam is reading the review that she left on TripAdvisor, so much of that is Dwight and Moe's 
uh, acting mm-hmm. with Pam's voiceover. So that, again, no mm-hmm. uh, spoken lines from Moe's, but the goose walk where, or yeah, where <laughs> Dwight and Moe's are running around the house or when they're mm-hmm. making the beat wine together. There's just <laughs> a lot of, uh, <laughs> there, uh, the, I guess it's nonverbal, the nonverbal, uh, physical yes. comedy is, uh, is really the picture funny. of them on the seesaw. Yeah. Yeah. Moe's and like- I seesaw all the time. They have they have all this all sorts of fun together. You know what I just realized, Sean? That deleted scene with the trampoline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, Jim also says like, "Oh, we paid for a show." Yeah. And then Dwight goes, "He's right. Keep going." Yeah. Uh, I realized it, it, Dwight must be making a table because he's sawing off like wooden legs. Right. Right. And I think that was the table making demonstration that we hear about yes, in Money. That must be. Yeah, you're absolutely must, right. Yeah. Table making never seems so possible. Oh, man, I just or love that possible. Uh, is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, yeah so. that's right. Um, that quote. Okay. Uh, I gosh, that scene is so funny. There's also a part where Jim is like, "You're doing great, buddy," and Mose goes, "The name's Mose, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> it's such a. I can see why they cut it because it like is so weird. It, like it's a little clunky. It doesn't really make sense, yeah. but it just it makes me laugh. It reminds me of uh, uh, it dawns on me that when uh, Dwight is interviewing Andy, he says, "How do you make a table?" And Andy says, "You make a chair, but you don't sit on it." <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he's needs to go to the table making mm-hmm. demonstration. Uh, can I share a couple? I found a couple other Mo's moments that were either one is a deleted scene. Um, this is just a talking head from Dwight. He says, my cousin Moses' best friend was a dog. One day he was foaming at the mouth, so I had to shoot him dead. Turns out he had only eaten one of Moses' cream pies. Did I feel bad for killing him? No. That's how you deal with a thief. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one comes from Shroot Space, which is a blog uh, for Dwight, similar to Creed Thoughts, that I think was initially written by Rain Wilson, but then eventually moved to the writing staff, but is uh, has been archived. And uh, the entry is about when uh, what Dwight wants at his funeral. And one of the things that he requests is, uh, I want Jim to get on his knees and beg my forgiveness. And while he's in mid cry, Mose will hit him in the back of his head with an oar. (laughs) 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 That's good. Um, Gosh, what else do we say about? I'm I'm just trying to think if we're missing any moments. There's only so few. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a handful, of, a number of other moments where uh, Dwight alludes to Moe's or, I mean, Moe's and him playing ping pong in the, mm-hmm. in the warehouse. Uh, there, there's all sorts of moments. I think Moe's is such an important character of the show because as an ensemble show and as a comedy show, you need to have like those sort of accessory or tertiary characters that only come in every now and then provide a lot of comedic relief. And I think you, you, you love them so much as a fan because you see them so infrequently and because they can surprise you. You can be like, Oh yes, Moses in this episode as mm-hmm. a viewer, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, it's a really important ingredient, even if uh, it was unpleasant for Mike. Sure. <laughs> in the moment. Wait, I just one, a moment. I, one of my favorite moments I forgot is when Dwight's trying to apologize to Ryan and he brings the gift basket oh, yeah. that Moe's put together and he goes and look something he whittled yeah. <laughs> it's that just grotesque little statue <laughs> of like that's like that's the funniest thing oh yeah I forgot to uh, to mention that in his skills whittling of course yeah um, right. which we see in Amish in the City he's just sitting there whittling that little train the only <laughs> other ones that come to mind that I can think of that we haven't mentioned are uh, it went in heavy competition when uh Dwight's like, I, you know, I can't help you anymore, Michael. And he says, is it Moe's? What happened with the well? He's Moe's is fine. We roped the well off. 
uh, and then later when Dwight says, um, when when Jim is trying to keep Charles and Dwight out of the negotiation room, or he's trying to, excuse me, he's trying to keep Dwight from telling Charles about the Michael Scott paper company struggles. He says, what are your top five cases? You don't, he, <laughs> crack case is a pejorative term. You solve a case. The case of the beat band, missing beats from all over the farm. Turns out Moe's in socks, inside job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then um, I'd have thought, uh, if you'd have told me that I was creating a, a creature capable of my own destruction, I would have thought you were referring to the bull Mose and I are trying to reanimate. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, I wanted to, a quick <clears throat> quick note on the something that Mose whittled. It's almost an exact replica of a of a uh, artifact called the Venus of Willendorf, hmm. oh. which was a statue this guy found in like 1908. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was carved in limestone, not local to the area, and is estimated to be between 33,000 and 20,000 years old. Wow. Wow. It's one of the oldest, like, full artifacts that's been found. That uh, was a carving like that. Where was it so found? Maybe Moe's is a visionary in um, Austria. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Well, on that note. Interesting. Well, on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moe's Schrute. I, any any final thoughts on Moe's? I mean, I, actually, I, I just uh, the finale is such an interesting one because uh, or maybe it's not the finale. But when Moe's kidnaps um, Angela and thank you. And uh, and then they're at the bar and it's just interesting. It's just funny to see Moe's like he's like at a booth with a beer with Nate and um <laughs> And uh, gosh, Dwight's other friend from Company Picnic, Rolf or Trevor. Yes, Rolf, yes, Trevor. yeah. And um, and like he's the one chanting, "If you want your bride, then buy us a drink. If you want your bride, buy us." <laughs> uh, it's just funny to see like those times where like, you know, <laughs> Dwight's other friends or family like just feel like seem to treat Moses normal or he's just mm -hmm. a he's just a regular member of the crew which is that's yeah so funny. like in junior salesmen when they're all milling around in the conference room and it's mm -hmm. uh Rolf and Trevor and Mose and Sensei Ira I believe and then mm -hmm. uh, and Clark asked them how they all found out about the job and Zeke says that uh, they were he was talking about it in the shower uh Hold on, let me let me find the quote real quick. Um, Dwight's my cousin, so I overheard him telling my brother Moe's about the job opportunity in the shower. Clark, you were in the shower or he was in the shower? Zeke, everyone was in the shower. It's a cow shower, so there's like a ton of people in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm sure that we missed a couple of great Moe's moments or lines. If we did, you can go ahead and write to us about it. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, there there you have it, Moe's shrew. Um, let's go to the conference room uh, for some listener questions. All right, you know what? That's it. Conference room, five minutes. Uh, first up, let's start with a voicemail from Sophia. Hi, guys. My name is Sophia, and I'm calling from San Diego. I had an awkward office fan moment happen to me a few days ago where I met a friend of a friend, and we were introducing each other. Then my friend goes off to try on a new shirt. And um, her friend that I just met says, oh, yay, fashion show. And I go, fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. <laughs> and my friend's friend that I've just met just stares at me. 
doesn't get the reference at all. <laughs> and so my question for you guys is, what's the most awkward moment in which you've made an office reference in public and the person you made it to did not understand? Thank you. Bye. <laughs> That is wow. so funny. And I can imagine just, <laughs> I really hope she came at it with the energy that Kelly does. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you have no idea what that is, that would, that would be very jarring. <laughs> at lunch, it's not lunchtime. Are, yeah. are we going to lunch what? after this? Or lunch? what? It's like 4 p.m. What are, yeah. the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Um, that is so awesome, Sophia. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know about you guys. I, have one that comes to mind that ends a little differently. I was working on a on a show and we were building a set that was supposed to be an underground bunker. And I'm working with these two guys who are construction guys and uh, and. Uh, some somebody was like, you know, oh, what what is this? You know, what's this set supposed to be again? And somebody said, uh, you know, oh, it's a bunker. And then just like like a reflex i just would go bunker hardly <laughs> and like as i'm like as i'm finishing it i'm just like oh my god i don't know these people what am i doing <laughs> like except it absolutely killed i don't know and i don't even think that they're <laughs> office fans i think <laughs> yeah that's the like, that's they what just she lost said idea it. as a whole mm -hmm. or like hardly nowhere those are like a whole i think a lot of people have probably fallen victim to those yes over the years. but I, I but at that moment i was like oh my god i can't be just doing this at work with people i don't know what about do you guys have one um yeah go ahead yeah go ahead edwin i know you <laughs> i feel like this happens a lot to edwin uh well it didn't the one that i'm thinking of didn't actually happen uh like i didn't say it to anyone but i thought it and i'm I, I, and i thought like okay so uh, I told Alex this at one point, but I, I parked my car and I got out and I noticed that I was parked in front of a, a store. It was like a cat. It was like a feline spa and grooming thing, something like okay. that. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's one aspect of small pet grooming, which is which is the line Whoa. that the girl in the bar says to Michael. Well, Michael says, I've never met anyone who does that. You wash dogs? And she says, that's one aspect of small pet grooming. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, that's a really weird thing that that just like linked together in my brain. But I, I, I'm that's glad hilarious. that there was nobody for me to try that out on. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I, I personally, the, the one that came to mind is I went out to, this was a few years ago, but I went out to lunch with some coworkers back when I had coworkers. And we were looking at the menu and uh, I think I think I, I wanted I wanted something on the side and I was re we were going over the menu. I said I said, I'm going to order off the side. If it's not on the side, I send it back. <laughs> and they didn't know what I was talking about. I think they thought I was just a total asshole. In that moment. <laughs> and, and then you then you have to do that terrible thing. We're like, oh, that's from the office. There's this joke when they say this. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Funny. I mean, huh. in your defense, if the side salad came on top, you would send it back. I would send it back. <laughs> um, but I also good. wanted to share because we actually got from this uh, on Twitter. Uh, this guy sent us. I think he's a radio announcer for uh, a hockey team in Virginia. Oh. That's what I could find. He's verified on Twitter. His name's Blaine Stewart. Anyway, he sent us his thing. He said, uh, 
Uh, I just did a microphone check before my show. The audio operator said everything sounded good. I responded, cool, cool, and then added, box it up. He was very confused. <laughs> there is no box, man. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, cool, cool, box it great. up. Love that, love that. Thanks, Sophia. Um, this is a, an email that comes to us from Elizabeth. Just listening to your lecture circuit episode in the voicemail from the lady who talked about how the state of Arkansas was going to use beet juice for de-icing their roads. It, actually, in the episode Vandalism, Dwight actually says he has been trying to get a de-icing gig with the state. Um, so I just wanted to read that because that's uh, I didn't I never mm. caught that before. But that's hilarious because we talked about how, uh, you know, we could totally see Dwight trying to like get this deal <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, to provide the beats nice. for that. So that's so funny. La 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 catching. Mm. <laughs> Quick clarifier. Uh, sorry. Blaine Stewart is a AM news person oh, nice. uh, in Virginia. He's All just right. a hockey fan. I misread his, his bio and I thought I put it together that he was a hockey, but no, he's just an A. He's a, he's a news. Hey, shout out. Yeah. Followed by Kate Flannery. Good for Blaine. Um, let's do, look us up. Let's listen to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a voicemail from Chris. Hey guys, this is Chris from New Mexico. Really love your show. Thanks for all the work you put into uh, making it and doing such a great production with it. Definitely love the uh, sound drops too. Those are always fun. So I appreciate those also. Miss them whenever you guys are on an episode where you're not able to give them. Uh, anyway, so I have a question. So the first one is between Meredith and Jim. So we all know that early on, Meredith has a big old crush on Jim. She even tries to get him to, well, she gets him to sign her cast I'm so awkwardly yeah. whenever Mike is in the car, right? But then later on, when are you going to boom me? Uh, specifically with the episode with Robert California during Halloween, when he's going around and getting everybody's fears, and the culmination of that episode, now he's again. going on with the story and describes a particular area. He's like talking about someone who's tall and skinny, and it's Meredith's part, and she just goes, Jim. And you can tell that she doesn't like him at all anymore. Mm -hmm. So when did that transition happen? When did Meredith go from having a big old crush and loving Jim to all of a sudden hating him? And then the other one is between Kelly and Pam. So early on, Kelly sets up Pam with a neighbor or something. After Pam's broken up with Roy. And they go out on a double date with uh, the cartoonist, her neighbor or whatever. And then, of course, Kelly and Ryan. But then later on, whenever Kelly... Or whenever Pam is asking Kelly about whether or not Kelly's going to be at their wedding, uh, the wedding of Jim and Pam, she says, you know, well, can you find out if Ryan's going? Because if not, it's not really worth it. And then she corrects herself and she goes, wait, you know, that came out wrong. I'd really love to be there for Jim. So if you find out if Ryan's going. So what happened? She used to be friends with Pam and like care about her. And now all of a sudden she only cares about going to the wedding for Ryan. And she would kind of like to be there for Jim, but she doesn't care about Pam at all. So what do you guys think? When did these two sets of relationships go south and for what reason? Hmm. All right. Thanks again. Love the show. It's a lot of fun. I've listened to all your episodes yeah, all right. and hope you keep nice. putting them out. I really appreciate them. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. Chris. Dude, that's awesome. Nice. Thanks, Chris. Chris. That's, that's great. So there you go. So so I, lo I love how he says that he missed uh, missed the drops and you <laughs> just yeah. really, really paid him back. Drop City. <laughs> Um, well, I, I put all the Moe's drops next to Meredith's, mm, so they were just right. They were just staring me ready in the face. To go. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so a couple of questions there, right? When did these relationships shift? First, Meredith and Jim. 
Do you have any idea between when Meredith is singling him out um, and um, when Robert California has the Halloween episode? What at what point does that shift for Meredith, you think? I feel like it's a gradual thing when I think it might be for Jim going from like being one of them, one of the one of the workers, one of the team members um, along his journey to being um, a co-manager yeah. and not maybe not wanting to participate in a lot of activities. You know, that's kind of a gym thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Meredith is kind of tired of him. Maybe Meredith, maybe he's a, uh, you know, rejected too many of Meredith's advances. <laughs> uh, maybe it's something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's yeah, my take. There's also in uh, when he gets Edwin. the haircut. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. When he gets the haircut, Meredith's like, give us a little twirl. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, know. He's, I don't think it ever goes away from Meredith that that part of her. But I yeah. I agree with I think that's it, Edwin. For me, to just like as simple of a reading as I could see is like when Jim gets married is when it goes south because he's officially off the market for Meredith, and now she has she's like I don't care about you anymore because mm. mm-hmm. before you were single, even when he was engaged, still single technically, mm-hmm. uh, tax wise, and then um, you know. Now that he's gone, she's like now he's just now he's just tall and skinny and right. scares me. Right, right. Until, yeah. yeah, for for a while it's uh, BFD engaged, ain't married. Um, uh, yeah, I also think about in gossip when Michael is spreading the rumor that Pam's pregnant and he tells Meredith and he, she's like, really, and like looks at her and she's like, she's gonna hate having kids. And I don't know if like maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's a moment where it's just like ah, then all right, they're done can't busted walk of shame <laughs> um all right but then the second second one was um when does kelly stop liking pam or did she ever like pam she tries to set her up with uh with a double date with her and ryan and alan you said i kind of feel like my take would be that kelly doesn't actually stop liking pam it's just part of the way her, her personality is in the way she mm-hmm. just kind of treats people because Later on in season eight, when they're like couple friends with uh, Kelly and Robbie and uh, Jim and Pam, mm-hmm. and they're like hanging out together and that kind of thing. I feel like it's just part of uh, Kelly's personality to be kind of uh, to kind of casually uh, like hurt people like that or uh, say things like that without really thinking about it. I'm thinking of uh, early on. Uh, I think when the branch is closing, she wants Pam to sign something. It's like a yearbook type of thing mm-hmm. where she's like, "Kelly, best wishes, love Pam." That's it. P.S. What a long, strange trip it's been. Something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, And you think about the way that Kelly treats Aaron. Oh, yeah. Same kind of thing. Well, yeah. Kelly's. I mean, Kelly's loyalty is very fickle, and as we've seen from her relationship with Ryan, I think she can go from love to hate on the flip of a coin. And like, there's a lot of examples where she's just like, "I hate this person," and then one small thing happens, and she's like, "I love this person." Like that's. Almost what she does with Dwight and Jim when they're yeah. doing her birthday. And then right. they just like get her that cake and give her that thing. And she's like, oh, it's great. So <laughs> I literally think the smallest thing, she just changes her opinion. And it also might be, I think she, it's not that she like really likes or hates Pam. I think she starts to not like Jim a lot. And then it's just Pam by association. Mm. Yeah. After that. Get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. Do you, do we have time for one more here? Where, 
We're running a little we're long. Coming, we're coming up on an hour, I think. Oh boy. Uh, we could probably just go to ordinary things if you'd like. All right, all right. Yeah, no problem. Save we'll, some of these yeah, questions. We'll, we'll, we'll do, do we'll, a big... We'll uh, keep doing questions for the next couple weeks on our conference rooms yes. because we got a, we got a lot to get Definitely. to. Definitely. So. Yeah, thank you to everyone who sends us uh, voicemails and emails. Um, we'll be we'll tackling more those. of those soon. Um, it's time for ordinary things. That is our building. And we sell paper. All right, welcome to Ordinary Thanks, the segment where we talk about uh, how some moments or uh, ideas from the office uh, made us think of memories or times from our own lives. I have the first question uh, coming from, of course, Cousin Moe's, uh, and here it is. In Garden Party, we see Moe's line up all the cards in the cornfield to jump them like Evil Knievel, then proceed to run across them. What's the biggest stunt you've ever pulled, intentional or otherwise? <laughs> okay, this is a good one. Um, all right, the, what I could come up with was this, um, and stop me if I've told this on the show because I don't think I have. Uh, for a few months, uh, I had a party trick that I had learned how to do where you can break. I'm already so into this. <laughs> <laughs> where you can break the top of a champagne bottle off uh, oh, with a saber or a sword or a butter knife or anything, actually. People do it with, like, the bottom of a wine glass and things like that. Um, but it's just kind of like a saber physics. or sabre? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's just kind of like a physics thing, like the just the, the, the uh, uh, carbonation that's in the bottle kind of helps to just, like, sh- shoot off the end of the... Um, the bottle and it's and it's a uh, it's very fun and cool but anyways um i bought for my parents-in-law for christmas a saber specifically for um sabering champagne bottles and it has like a tassel on the end of it and it's very like <laughs> ceremonial uh yeah. and they were like yeah. this is great you know um you should like christen it for us like let's open a bottle <laughs> <laughs> And so we went outside and um, a couple like, you know, Ryan was filming with her phone and I was like, all right, I really want to get this in one try because you can sometimes you got to go tink, tink a couple of times and and then it goes finally. But I was like, I want to get it in one. Let's do it. And I swing the sword and the bottle just explodes and glass goes everywhere. And I got glass in my fingers, and it was like an immediate relief. <laughs> okay, well, let's go to the hospital. <laughs> Those are such surreal moments where it's it's still kind of calm. You're like, oh man, well, we got to go to the hospital. I'm okay, now, but uh, <laughs> this whole day is ruined. <laughs> I'm. I'm seeing this and I don't like it and we got to go. Yeah. yeah. So I got For seven sure. stitches in um in just two fingers and uh oh. and it's still it's still kind of healing a little bit after a few months now. But um got a good video out of it at least. Uh yeah. Content. I, I mean for a minute there I was I felt like Evil Knievel when I was when I was able to pop the tops off of those champagne <laughs> bottles but I may never version, do it again. <laughs> your version of Moe's just running across the cars instead was just 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 completely exploding the entire bottle. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a quick one here. I was 
uh, years ago used to play on a hurling team. Uh, just you can look that up. I'm not going to get into what that is, but we used to do a we did a big camping trip as a team, oh. and yeah, we two, two of the guys on our team were arborists, or one of them was, and he'd rigged up a whole rope swing on this tree that was overlooking a big, kind of big sloped cliff on the edge of this campsite. And uh, so he, he hooked up a rope to the tree, and you'd basically run out. You'd jump off the cliff. You'd swing around the tree and land back on the other side of the tree on the same kind of cliff. And we were doing it with harnesses for a while, and then we weren't. Because it's really just you hold the rope and you swing around. It's, it's really fun. Uh, and we, we did it late into the night. And from a combination of alcohol and just exhaustion at about 130 at night, we, we were doing it with headlamps on, and I, I swung out, and right about the middle of the swing, I passed out and just dropped off the rope and just disappeared into the darkness over the edge of a cliff. Oh. And so, to everyone who was there, they I jumped out, and then just an empty rope came back, and it was totally quiet. I didn't yell. I didn't make a sound. It was just like, where did he go? Oh, my God. And so, everyone starts freaking out, and I, I probably took a solid 30, 35-foot fall down and it wasn't like a sheer rocky cliff it's like a very steep slope uh kind of up i don't don't know how to describe the terrain but miraculously somehow i didn't impale myself or land on rocks or anything um i scraped the shit out of the side of my body i had a concussion um but i was fine i didn't break anything i didn't whatever and they Right away, I mean, there were like three nurses in the whole group there, so they just ran down and uh, were like, Alex, 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 and they came and got me, and I was able to actually like stand up and walk back up the hill on my own and get back, uh, but by that time, it, they called 911, and uh, I got strapped to a headboard, and they took me to the to the uh, hospital that night oh uh, in an ambulance, and oh my I was fine um, <laughs> outside of the concussion and the scrapes, and considering... That fall and how it was, I can't imagine it could have gone any better for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, compare it to when I broke my leg last summer, just roller skating at the park and just did a little turn <laughs> yeah. and just shattered one of my bones. So it's because like, <laughs> those, aren't this, those aren't proportional. Come on. See, when you passed out, you were fully relaxed. I think know, in- <laughs> I think that's Limber. that's what they told me at the, at the hospital. It was like, it's probably good you were completely ragdoll when mm-hmm. that happened. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, PSA: Don't uh, drink and swing. Uh, be safe out there. <laughs> and people who are with me will tell you I wasn't like really drunk or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. literally just my muscles. Yeah. I just completely passed Something, out. Something the equilibrium in your yeah. swinging yeah, out, right. and it was dark, and it just my body shut off for a second. Phew. The worst time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think the the moral it's like you always want to use the safety mittens. I knew you. I knew you were gonna bring up the safety mittens. I just knew it. I could. I could see it coming. Uh, well, how about this? Here's another one for you guys. Um, for Dwight's bachelor party, Mose kidnaps Angela and holds her hostage at a pub, which is later revealed to be a Shrew family tradition. Do you guys have a tradition in your family that other people would not understand? I think. For me, it's less of a tradition and just the fact that uh, my family on my mom's side is very is very big and uh, everyone has a nickname. And so my mom is one of 13. So I have a lot of aunts and uncles and a lot of cousins and a lot of uh, a lot of them have nicknames. So whenever like uh, like one of my cousins gets married or something, there's like a process where you have to kind of explain everyone 
who his family is who and why they call them this and why this person is actually that person and there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it you know it's just a family thing and uh i I can't imagine how daunting it is uh you know to come into this big crazy family with all these different names but that's if someone marries into your family it's like Here's the playbook. Mm-hmm. Memorize this whole thing. You're, I have you're 70 cousins, each one better than the last. <laughs> uh, uh, the only thing I could think of for this was when I was a kid, uh, we used to hold white elephant parties at our house with like all my parents' friends and a big group of people. And at one point, this kind of just, I don't know, nondescript like silver bell got given to us. And it, the tradition began, which the the couple that got this bell accidentally left it at our house this happens a lot at white elephant parties shout out to our friends peter and mary who've collected (laughs) dozens of gifts over the years for hosting these parties but they left this bell at our house and so we went on this mission uh a few months later to go hide it in their house so then they would find it and it became this years-long tradition where we'd we'd try and sneak this bell in onto their property or into their possession without them knowing and what you were trying to do is have them find it and not realize it was there uh for so long and this became a tradition that like i at one point i remember we i had to stop hanging out with my friends once because we had to go to this party an hour early so we could try and hide this bell and my friends were like why why do you have to leave and i was like we have to go hide this bell at our friend at it's a whole thing and anyway (laughs) they looked at me like i was a weirdo uh, and that's uh, the only thing I could think of. That's a good. <laughs> the bell has not been seen in like twenty years now, oh, so man. who knows? Somewhere hit it. Someone hit it really well, and it's disappeared. <laughs> Keep us. Why would I hide it? it got to like like putting it in like the tire well of their car you know like getting it like yeah it got it got intense. Once we find those wires, we'll be back up and running. Uh, yep. Awesome. Well, hey, I think I think that just about wraps it up for us today. Um, if uh, if you guys listening at home want to call and leave us a message, um, we'll be playing more uh, voicemails coming up in the future here. So 503-694-9314. You can email us mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And you can join us on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash Michael Scott for five bucks a month. You can become a Scott's tot. Uh, you'll get an extra mailbag episode every month and um, some extra bonus content on there as well. Um, and, uh, and it's great to just support the show. Um, we also do a donate. We also use some of that money to make a donation to the third good Marshall college fund uh, every month. And so special thanks to all of our patreon supporters and to ryan lloyd who helps us with our social media and designs all our artwork um i've been going through a lot of our voicemails too so i just want to shout out tj you're the man dude um we love you and we're proud of you that's fucking awesome so um thank you thanks for for calling us and for listening um this also thaddeus we got your voicemails (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) if you want if you want to call us privately we could discuss (laughs) (laughs) this episode was recorded in portland oregon over video chat 
Uh, thank you as always for listening. Uh, it really means a lot to us and it helps us. Uh, we, we really love doing it every single week. So uh, thank you as always. Uh, we'll be back um, next week. Actually, when, if you're listening to this today, it comes out our Patreon episode should be coming out pretty soon. So thanks again to all our Patreon subscribers. Uh, but as always, take care, stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the zombie. Yes, yes sir. sir. You cannot sell while undergoing fear. You need to vanquish fear. One must wrestle fear to the ground. You will now wrestle my cousin Mo. No, okay, all right, all right. Wrestle him to the this ground. This is over, okay? No, just no. Take, You're a freak. freak. I'm not doing this Ready anymore, and this is over. Ryan, Goodbye. Don't, Ryan, you don't have to wrestle him. Ryan, just get in the car. Ryan? Bye, Ryan. You seem nice. Where are all the animals? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.